Hello foodies. Welcome to the Breaking Bread Podcast. The foodie podcast presented by food obsessed mates Liam, that's me, and Carl, that's me. Join us as we aim to peel back the curtain and give food lovers like us a real insight into what makes the hospitality industry so fantastic. Our fortnightly episodes will bring interviews with people from all over the industry. And Liam and I will discuss everything food related from reviewing places we've ate to to chatting about recipes we're experimenting with at home. We hope you enjoy listening to our chats as much as we re- enjoy recording them. Hey everyone, how you all doing? Hope you're doing well. Not so much of a gap between episodes as we've done our special on Friday. If you haven't yet listened to that special, go back and listen to it. It's obviously with Central Beer Festival and Dig Brew. It's a great little chat, so if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Tickets for the festival are still available. Obviously the festival will be in this Friday the 5th and Saturday the 6th of July. So over in Digbeth, tickets cost £45 each, which may sound a little steep, but that includes all of your beer. All of it. Been to a pub. <laughs> if you're there for a few hours, you're spending more than £45. So, I don't know. I think it's good value for money. Obviously, you got food from Brad Carter, food from OPM, baking brick, pure craft, music. It's just, it's going to be a great little festival. So, if you've got tickets, go and get your tickets now. On our last episode with me and Carl, we talked a little bit about our little Patreon that was set up. Obviously, just something to help us kind of spend a bit more on advertising and editing, making sure people hear a bit more of the podcast. Just helps us do what we do, really. Massive thank you to those who have already gone and signed up for the Patreon. It's $2 a month. It's in dollars. I don't know why. Just the only option that was there. I couldn't change it to pounds, so... I don't know what two dollars is. It's probably the same as two pounds. In fairness, with the way the uh, exchange rate is, but I'm not getting into politics. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say the B word. Yeah, so less than the price of a coffee a month, you can help us keep bringing this podcast, which we really love doing and supporting us. Anyway, on to today's episode. I'm very, very excited to release this one. We recorded it just a little while back actually. But since recording, we've actually went on to become really good mates with our guest today and it's Little Blackwood Moses, head chef and owner, Ben Taylor. Really, really nice bloke. Can't do enough for his customers. Some of the stories he tells us in this episode about what he does for his customers. We spoke for a good maybe half hour off air afterwards and every time we come in to eat, we sit and have a good old night with Ben. Yeah, just a great bloke really passionate about what he does loves everything he does which is good because we love what he does too i know we rave on about it a lot especially in the episodes with just me and carl but i think little blackwood is our favorite restaurant at the moment it just keeps giving us lots of reasons to go back there i mean got a great menu and that changes every month so they don't do things the easy way they could just keep the same menu for a little while change it some places two four times a year not little blackwood they change it every month because ben's insane and he loves it every tuesday it's nod to the classics. I think you can get three courses for less than £30, which is criminally good value. Wednesdays is fish night. Just whatever Ben feels like making with whatever he could get his hands on. So he, you can't look up the menu beforehand. He just creates it on the day. You turn up, choose what you want. It's amazing. We actually recently went there. Uh, we had some oysters and clams and crab claws. I think the highlight for me was the turbot. 
Obviously the king of the sea, love that fish. Came with a nice little champagne cream sauce and some caviar. It was spectacular, it was brilliant. So if you can get in for that, I definitely recommend it. Just a tasting menu on a Saturday. And then just because he's insane and they like working all the hours that God can send, they also do a wicked brunch menu. You can get a nice full English on that. The little Blackwood breakfast, Carl had it, looked banging. I actually went for the Lamb Benedict, which was superb. Two English muffins topped with some shredded lamb and then smothered in a nice harissa hollandaise. Oh, it was superb. Obviously topped with two perfect poached eggs. Do black pudding and chorizo hash as well. That's awesome. Just an amazing place and everything they do is superb. They just use quality ingredients and everything's kind of... It's, it's all good value. It's it's brilliant. It's the kind of place you can eat all the time, which you'll hear or say, I think, a hundred million times. The restaurant's intimate and beautiful, and the service is incredible. Obviously, the amazing Sophia, restaurant manager, she's awesome. Oh, yeah, and this weekend is actually Mosley Festival, and Ben has created a special token-inspired kind of Lord of the Rings-style afternoon tea. That's something not to be missed as well. So just have a little listen to this, and hopefully it whets your appetite, and you'll go and get booking for the Fish Wednesday, or, or for brunch, or for dinner, or all of it. Just go and try it all. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm absolutely over the moon to introduce our friend, Ben Taylor. It's good we did an Argentinian wine tasting that you felt I, got, I was kept getting these missed calls from Argentina last week. I was like, what the fuck is it? Who's this? And I answered it and it was Chris Connolly and he was in the arse end of Argentina and basically uh, the guy had been let down from a, a company in London on Wednesday and uh, he basically needed someone to do a wine tasting. And we got 16 people for it in like four days. Which isn't bad. The beauty of Little Blackwood is so small, we can just try anything. I mean, we've got afternoon tea coming up for Mother's Day, we're full for that. Wow. Uh, Mother's Day, we've got 76 booked for lunch. But like we do between 50 and 60, yeah. is an average Sunday. We just put the prices up. Oh, oh, I was doing three really courses for 20 quid. And that's the next thing we said we wanted to try. Yeah. Well, we're going to taste the menus as well, but we're not doing taste the menus like. Uh, you still get a choice, so you can have four course, six course, eight well, course. Saturday nights were switching to just the table. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's basically, just Saturday, it's it? just a Saturday, and basically what it is, is you get two starters, a vegetarian taste menu, you've got two starters, two mains, two desserts, a fish and a meat, a fish and a meat, starter main. And basically you choose which one you want. So you choose your starter, you choose your main, you choose your dessert, and you get a snacks, that's the four course. Yeah. Six course, you get both the starters, both the desserts, you choose your main, you get the snacks. So you still get a bit of a choice, yeah, and you can yeah. still come here and spend 35 quid and get four decent courses. You don't have to come in here and spend, automatically going to spend 65 quid on food. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So. Well, but I think it's a good time to start. Yeah, before. let's crack on. Yeah. All about, um, you have to talk quite talk close. Quite close. Oh, okay. If you put take photos at the top. You wouldn't be surprised. I told you we got to stay there. The podcast finishes, and I'm like, I've walked out all happy with myself, and I've gone, oh shit. <laughs> and I've got to go back and set up a few points and say, thank you for it. So we've got the top. So we've kind of just done the podcast thing of chatting, and we're already recording, so we just got to know each other. Uh, just like to start by saying hello to Ben. Uh, welcome to the Breaking Bread podcast, and thanks very much for inviting us here to Little Blackwoods today. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's a place we love, obviously. We met because we've um, done a little podcast review of how much we love this place. Um, That's our best podcast so far, I reckon, isn't it? It's been our most popular. <laughs> um, it's only my favourite one to do. 
So we'll get round to chatting about Little Blackwood, but I want to start by just talking about where you started, like where you began, um, what training you did. So how did you get into this whole thing? Uh, so, I mean, started my career, went to college, went to the Birmingham College of Food, um, did hospitality supervision, as it was called back then. Uh, so it was kind of like a couple of days a week chefing, a couple of days a week front of house, and then a, a day a week theory. I uh, really loved the chefing side of things, did two years there, did some work experience. I went over to Jersey and worked with Sean Rankin in Bohemia. Wow. Um, when I did my work experience for, I uh, did about six, seven weeks over there and stayed over there for a little bit longer. Came back from college, uh, went on this management course, which was like six months kitchen, six months front of house. Um, went to this really awful hotel uh, down in uh, Berkshire uh, and that was the end of my front of house career. <laughs> then picked up chefing um, locally, just fluttered around different kind of restaurants um, and then went to the Oak in Hockley Heath when it was about, I don't know, probably 10 years ago uh, and went uh, under as commie chef uh, and Hash Chavda was the head chef. Uh, he's now head chef of the Boot in Lapworth. Yeah. Uh, so he was a head chef. I did about two years with him. And then from there, fell in love and went to Liverpool. Went to Liverpool, went to Malmaison. Um, did two and a half, three years at Malmaison. I won Malmaison Hotel de Van Chef of the Year in 2013. We'll get back on to Liverpool in a sec, but just, just going back to... Um was there somebody in the family that got you into chef? What was it that got you into? Yeah, I mean, it was getting into my grandma. <laughs> the two my grandma, leaving bits of leftover pastry uh, on a Sunday and having Sunday dinner. And then everyone else going to go and sit and watch TV. And me and my grandma, she's pulling up a chair on the side so I can stand up and making jam roly-polies and little jam tarts and all mm. that kind of thing. Racing home every day after school to watch, <laughs> dare I say it, Ready Steady Cook. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think anybody of my generation, ready, steady, cook. I mean, even now, just getting a, a bunch of ingredients and trying to throw something together, it's what chefs meant to do. Uh, and ready, steady, cook was doing that 15, 20 years ago with the, the lucky bags or whatever it was called back then. And my parents arguing, making a Sunday dinner for four <laughs> of us. Uh, just the, the absolute chaos in the kitchen was just unbearable to sit and watch. Uh, and that's really why I got into chefing. That's what got you interested. Did yeah. you have any um, food loves or hates, anything? Never really used to like seafood. When I was younger, oh, really? fish was... Re- I think that's being a Brummie. I yeah, think, yeah, I think yeah. being a Brummie, uh, as much as people from Birmingham love eating fish out, they're a bit scared to cook it in the house. They can eat. It's expensive because we're miles away from the sea. Uh, and it can be easily ruined. So yeah, fish was never really something the old lady cooked for us or anything like that. It was just, mm. um, so yeah, until kind of when I went over to Jersey, I mean, Jersey's just- I can imagine I mean, you can't got, avoid the fish there. No, I mean, they've got World War One <laughs> bunkers that are now like fish markets. And wow. I'm lucky enough that my auntie and uncle, my auntie and uncle family friends, uh, they live over there. Um, and bringing over the first season of the Jersey Royals that have been freshly dug out of the ground yesterday, they'll be with me tomorrow. They're coming over by boat tonight. Mm. So they'll be on the, well, I've actually got a, a new dish on the, menu, on the menu, which I'll talk about later, which is just basically a Jersey Royal, six different ways. Ah uh, yes, potato, My missus loves potatoes. It's just, it's, <laughs> just, it's just amazing. It's just, I mean, we smoke it under a cloche and we send it out to the table, and yeah. it's just, 
actually texted her a picture of the menu and I highlighted that potato yeah, yeah, dish. I was like, yeah. you'd love this. <laughs> uh, and yeah, um, but yeah, so no jersey. And then and then from then it was just. I mean, I, I grafted. I worked hard. Um, what took you up to Liverpool? Was a girl. Yeah, a girl. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Fell in love. Um, off we went. Stupidly. Um, yeah, and then we split up and I stayed up there for another year. But, I mean, <laughs> back in the day you were doing 60, 70 hours a week. You were getting paid for 40. The pay wasn't very good. It was no. back when chefing was real chefing, uh, should we say. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was hard work living up there on your own. So uh, came back, went back to Hash at the boot in Lapworth. Went back there as junior Sue, did a year there, and then that was uh, that was it. I needed a break, um, so we booked one way ticket to Bangkok. Wow! And off I went. Were you there long? I did Thailand, Burma, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, Indonesia, Australia, and New Zealand. Wow. Um, in about a year. Was Quite that quickly. just travelling or just, was that just, just travelling? Travelling. just enjoying myself. Still paying off the credit cards now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, came back, went out to France and I did a little bit in a chalet in Val d'Azur and a chalet in on the Côte d'Azur, like Nice way, mm. like near Antibes. Did a little bit like a few weeks out there for families. Um, Is that private chefing? Private chefing. And then went back out to New Zealand because, again, met a girl. <laughs> Story <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I'm actually quite settled now. Sophie is amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm lucky. Uh, and she's actually moved from Hungary to here. So I don't actually have to move anywhere for her. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yet. So no restaurants in Budapest just yet. Not yet, but that is, that is, we'd like to do one in the city here maybe and then go over to Budapest or Amsterdam or something like that. That's kind mm. of... Um, no, and then went back to New Zealand, stayed there for four or five months, came back, applied for a job at Kelt- uh, a, a restaurant in Birmingham, and Celtic Manor managed to get a hold of my CV. Went down there, did the most intense trial of my life. Really? Um, yeah, it was just like, so they were like, come down on the Friday, have a hotel room, have dinner, we'll interview you, uh, and then come down in the morning and we'll get cracking. That sound. So, so went down there, got interviewed in the bedroom, which <laughs> was just first really slightly bizarre uh, went down in the morning they just handed me a box of ingredients and went I want two starters two mains two desserts a consomme derivative of hollandaise uh, an eggs benedict and an omelette in three hours uh, and the director of culinary the executive chef and the restaurant executive chef will be down to come and taste them in three hours and then they offered me the job there and then went down there moved down there that was just bananas like head chef down there you got 11 restaurants um, I was head chef of the Asian restaurant Sen so Sen was named after Larkin Sen yeah. so Larkin was on MasterChef in 2015 and he basically put his name to one of the Celtic Manor restaurants which I then went in as head chef of he used to come and do like cover my days off or come and do one day a week with us and help me write the menus spec it all for us so it was all SOP'd and just come down and making sure that we were doing what we were doing making sure that because we were obviously using wacky suppliers making sure they were all doing what they were meant to be doing uh, he's just about to open his third restaurant in Bristol now wow. um, it's amazing the career you can have from that show isn't mate, it it's, well I mean his first restaurant was a it's a container bar it's still open now Wacky and it's uh, bowels and noodles yeah that'll be me it. in a few years I've <laughs> said I'm going on in two years time I'm going on it see what happens Master Chef. Yeah, I, I'm just 
trying to look for a CV at the moment. I don't have to do too much work to, and that's my <laughs> master's application <laughs> done actually for this year. Um, how, but just um, how different was working at like a hotel restaurant to just a normal restaurant? Oh, ma- massively. I mean, especially a hotel of Celtic Manor size. I mean, yeah. it's just been biggest resort in Europe. It's just building a conference facility. Yeah, it's mad. I drove past it. Yes, it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> massive. I mean, it's that that thing's gonna be able to feed five thousand people at once. Well, you can't see the hotel anymore no, from no. the road. Uh, you I'm, can just I'm, see this I'm, big black box. I mean, it was brutal. It was. It was brutal. Yeah. You. I mean, you're walking like thirty kilometers a day around the resort, just getting shit. Um, you have to be uber organised. Like I wrote the menus for this Christmas, like 2019 Christmas, and I left in like 2018. They have to be so far ahead because they just plan it out. Like after Valentine's Day, you got Mother's Day, then you've got Easter, and then you haven't really got a lot until Christmas. Yeah. So as soon as Easter finishes, that's why all these big companies start hammering you with Christmas because they've got not really a lot else to talk about. Yeah. So you have to be so organised, and it was just basically as head for one of them. You you were probably. 60 40 more office based than in the kitchen than actual work yeah yeah, yeah in the kitchen so how did, you, is, how did you move from that to this then well, i was looking i've been looking for a place for ages not that well not ages a few years um it's hard actually finding something that was kind of in the budget that we had that didn't need anything doing to it yeah because it, it, it you've had a bit done but the, this was cheval blanc before yeah, wasn't yeah. it and it was good yeah, nice place for one. Yeah. Used to come here a few times. I mean, I changed the tabletops. I got the keys on a Thursday and opened the following Friday. So I mean, it took us eight days. It's nearly a year now, is it? Year on Saturday. Yeah, so you came about this place. Uh, yeah, just flicking, just flicking through the website, and this came up and viewed it and made the offer in November, December time. Got accepted, and then obviously everyone just went on Christmas holidays. It, has it always been a dream to kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always kind of wanted to open my own restaurant. Uh, <laughs> The hospitality industry, people chat a lot of shit. Yeah, um, and holidays, and I mean, I'm closing for a week in the summer because I can't. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, that must be nice. You can just take I mean? a break when I you want to break. Just for two and a half weeks in January. Yeah, because do you know what I mean? And I love what I do, but doing it for someone else, you've got to be yeah. in some serious place to earn some money to make a living as such. not make a living but make a decent enough money to want to stay in there mm. I mean this this is just we've got a nice life do you know what I mean it's not I'm not do you live far from here literally 150 metres up the road oh perfect so I used to commute from Tanworth in Ireland every day and then we moved into uh, a flat uh, not a flat a house it's opposite the village oh nice um, so it's perfect I can see the door from my bedroom window oh perfect um, brilliant yeah. So you must have been sold on the area before you decided to come here. Yeah, as well. and then obviously, yeah. I mean, I wanted to kind of this kind of area. Solihull was too expensive. One of these Kings Heath. I mean, I'd, I'd still love to get a site in Kings Heath. Yeah, Kings Heath's fantastic. It just needs a restaurant. It's got Bloom, which is lovely for your breakfast. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible for your breakfast. Yeah, yeah we're a big fan of Bloom for I've breakfast. Had some don't serious we? breakfast in Bloom. And um, early bird as well. And early, but well, we haven't been to early bird yet. We might actually go down there tomorrow. I was there. Is it open on Tuesday? Closes one day, but I don't know if it's Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure. So I might go down there. But obviously you've got Grace and James and Hop and Scotch and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I love Grace and James, big fan of theirs. Really good place. Just needs a restaurant. Yeah. If you don't have to venture anywhere else to go and get a nice... Um, so I'd like to go to King's Heath, that'd be nice. Problem with Grace and James, I spend a fortune when I go there, always, because I'm like, oh, I'll have a bottle of this, I'll have a bottle yeah. of this. Then you go look at the shelf... 
So I always get them to leave it in the fridge, go over to the Duke, have a few in the Duke, come back, they've chilled it for me, then go home and have that there as well and get a takeaway. It's great. I like the Duke. They just, they've got a different pop-up there now, but before they had a... They had that ramen pop up there, didn't they? I, I really didn't. I didn't get a chance to go, but I, I was desperate to go. One of the chefs out on a Wednesday service. So <laughs> I phoned him and I was like, it's Ben from Little Blackwood. I was like, any chance of uh, doing this full ramen? And I'm going to send my chef down, send him out middle of service to go and get him. <laughs> Came back and had ramen. I just left there. Love yeah, a ramen. I love a ramen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Japan and I absolutely <laughs> oh, had some of the best I've ever had. It's unbelievable. There's just nowhere in Birmingham that there's ramen. No, it's it's scary, isn't it? The, you think how big Birmingham is and all the stuff it has, it's and there's just, still things missing. Like this restaurant, for example. If you go to London, restaurants like this, every little yeah, town yeah. has a, at least one or two yeah, restaurants yeah, exactly yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham, I literally cannot think of another place like this. Have you been to Asia, Asia? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's a... I didn't see if there was a ramen place there. They do do ramen. They do yeah. do ramen in yeah. some of the places. like, But it's not like not Tongotsu or whatever. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In London or... Some of them wouldn't. I mean, it's. So you spoke about probably um, the good things about working for yourself. Uh, is it, have you found anything difficult in, <laughs> in going from a head chef to a business owner? Yes, I mean, there's getting your head around not just the kitchen, the business side of things. I mean, I said to my mum on the phone like two days ago, if I'm not paid attention in business studies, um, mm. accountants and tax and VAT and. It's marketing, all, uh, yeah, HR, yeah, marketing, peach, and yeah. HR, it's just, it's just. That's it. Do you find you have to put a lot of your own time into social media as well? I'm really lucky that my missus is, she is on that. spot on with that. <laughs> um, so she kind of just, uh, what's it called when they just um, schedule posts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schedule a post like seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's the time we found that works the best. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> And then we just leave it. And we, I mean, we don't hammer social media. We do a few, mm. and we do a little sponsorship on Instagram and Facebook. Like we do, like we put thirty pound a month aside for that. But sorry, we never did any marketing or PR for Little Blackwood. We spent zero pennies. Mm. Um, we just opened the doors and did social media. And if you flip back to our start of our social media, you can really see how the how it's gone the photo you can really have an iPhone camera has really developed as well uh, three <laughs> did iPhones you find down you're, the line did you find you were busy pretty much straight away no did it take no. a while yeah it took a while we, we were finding we were really like sporadic it would be like you'd be rammed one Saturday dead one Saturday the World Cup then didn't help us um, it just I mean I ended up having to put a TV on the bar with a 60 <laughs> metre aerial running from the post office across the roof here, down here and into the bar. You know, Climb, eh? We were streaming it. Um, that didn't really help. Um, but yeah. What sort of was the turning point, do you think? There was one or you just... Uh, when did you notice it just was always busy then? To be honest, we were using open table. Yeah. And, uh, so you have to give open table a certain amount of hours a week. And my old man phoned me one day, and he was like, I "Just try to book a table on yours through Open Table." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Says you're fully booked on Saturday because we didn't give them any hours." Yeah. Says you're fully booked on Saturday. Bear in mind the only the, the link to booking a table was through Open Table on our website. It says you're fully booked on Saturday. Um, how many have you got booked? And I was like, nothing. And I was like, you what? And this is after like six weeks of Saturdays doing like six guests. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, right open table and then back up to like 30s 40s 
Wow. So the open table cost me about five, seven grand. Jesus, what a difference. And yeah, sat them off. uh, And then it just went, yeah, from there. Christmas was good. Closing January and February was just like the busiest, busier than December. Really? That's, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. something you probably didn't anticipate no, before you started. absolutely not. How much effort do I need to put into finding a decent um, re- reservation? So Ab- absolutely. And then you, you, I mean, we found a good one now. It's It costs, but it does the trick. I've it, used it. I thought it was very easy to use. 100% and it also knows the tables, what they can sit, fours and twos and fives and threes, and they'll put them together and see. Like I mean, when we first opened, you had a table of 10 book. During the afternoon, we'd have to make that table of 10 to see how many spaces we got left in the restaurant to do you know what I mean it was yeah. it was like that um, but this measures it all and does it all and it's I mean I like to try and squeeze as many as we can in there but I do get told off every now and again I can imagine <laughs> we had a table at Christmas and the restaurant was full like we couldn't get any more in and this bloke phoned up at like half six and he was like I'm just confirming my booking for eight uh, for eight people at half seven that I made with Ben and I was like fuck I forgot to put it in the book <laughs> I was like shit so I phoned my dad he was just about to go and do something I was like dad get the trestle table in the boot of the car get every chair you've got that you can get in the back of the car sent the guys up to the plant chair and grabbed two tables came down slid everything down put a trestle table there my mum had ironing a tablecloth it was <laughs> and he phoned back and he was like I'm sorry we're going to have to cancel I was like, oh. <laughs> Like literally we just laid at the table and my dad had just come down with the table like, oh no he's like we have to cancel as well oh no devastated um, so we've had some scary moments but we just like to do like 30 covers well that's what we try and do now yeah like we've done like 47 in here but it's just it starts getting a bit a bit too much hectic um, like you can't yeah, give people yeah, the imagine. true little Blackwood experience um, you, you say your mum and dad obviously helps out a lot uh, do you have any other mentors or anyone else you can get advice from or any other chefs? I still use Hash, my head chef. Yeah. He literally taught me everything I know, really. I mean, college was college, but you're young and you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to be, let's be honest, like they learn more on the job than they'd learn in college. Um, college is good. It, I mean, it teaches them the basics and the proper things, but being in a kitchen is completely different to. And the guys will tell you that, the college students I have will tell you that. So, yeah, still use Hass, my head chef. Uh, I'm a massive fan of David Chang. Uh, I listen to all his podcasts, and uh, I've got the old Mama Fuku cookbooks and all that kind of oh, stuff, wow. and um, Mind of a Chef and all that kind of thing, and love all that. Love David Chang. Um, Gareth Ward uh, in a year. He's always flicking through there. I've not been yet, but... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm looking for someone to go with, so if you want to go, we can maybe... Yeah, I've uh, told them it's in my 40th, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you can come on my 40th and I'll go on yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hash was lucky enough to train uh, a guy called Dave Hands, and Dave Hands uh, is in America now, and he's just finished with Thomas Keller of Head Chef of La Bouchon. Um, but he did per se French Laundry was head chef of the Bouchon and he's just left there now and as soon as you find know someone that works for a chef he all of also, also Thomas Keller I mean I've got his limited edition sign Mac Knives there's 300 sets made in the world in a solid oak velvet lined box he signs all the blades and wow. signs the cookbook and all that kind of stuff he's been a kind of what they do is 
a massive inspiration not inspiration but some of the stuff they do is he's especially at like Le Bouchon uh, all the French Laundry it's like real classic cooking done really well uh, and that's what I love about it like I'll always try and not do the classics but bring a little bit of a classic element into kind of some of my menus yeah. when I can um I've got a smoked alec custard on the menu at the moment. Um, oh, wow. It's classic. Like, do you know what I mean? And I thought I'm not going to sell any. And it's, that and the lamb was probably my biggest seller of this weekend. I just, do you know what I mean? It was. It's mad. I used to double kidneys and stuff like that. It's Where does your um, Asian influence come from? Because there seems to be a lot of it on the menu. Uh, Travelling Asia. Did a few cooking classes. Um, what I love about Asia is like they're literally got everything growing that you need your lime leaves yeah. your lemongrass your, your ginger roots your chilies, all that kind of stuff and they literally make flavours out of nothing um, and it's pennies love all that came over then we went to Celtic Manor and did Sen Hash is like the other side of Asia Gujarati cooking so he was like your Indian style like your mutton curries and your, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff um so I've always loved spice and always loved playing around with spices and, and flavouring like that. And yeah, I suppose that's where it's come from. Um, Travelling Asia and Larkin helped a lot and I can get lost in Wingate for days. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that shop is just madness. Like yeah, I Every time know. I go, I go and get what I need uh, and then I'll always come back with something completely <laughs> out there. Uh, I brought a load of pandan leaves the other day and just... Com- just, just <laughs> Well, missus is like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, you never know. Like, um, so, but yeah, I, I just love it. It's just, it's just the flavors, the, the, the everything about it. It's just really what I love about Asian cooking. Yeah. We were saying before we started recording that Little Blackwood was record um, recommended to us by quite a lot of people in the industry. Was that something you were kind of aiming for when you decided to? Uh, the second person has actually said that to me and it kind of it's really nice to actually hear uh, that other people know about us and everyone's very quiet between restaurants a lot, not a lot of communication between restaurants go on I've like, no. been here a year and there's no, no communication with Carters or anything like that no well, social no. media likes nothing no um, looking no. at it from the outside we all assume you're all sitting in a big boardroom somewhere all talking about absolutely, what you're going to be doing absolutely not I mean the only the only one I've seen is um Richard Turner, who used to come in here before when he closed Turner's and uh, was about to open Maribel, definitely wanted to go to. Yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> wanted to go to. I used to really like Turner's. Maribel was really just, good. I mean, it was mind blowing when it, I went. This okay. just struck me as the place where a chef would come on a day off and think, I can get top quality food. That's what I aim for. That's yeah. exactly, that's, as I was saying, that's exactly what I want to do. I'm actually thinking of opening on a Monday or a Tuesday. Because uh, we were going to do it, and then staff let me down. But I'm actually thinking of opening on a Tuesday and maybe doing something like a nod to the classics or something like that, and just doing like, like Tuesday theme type night, yeah, different type theme of. night every Tuesday, and it's just like a nod to the classics, and it's just like liver and onions. Mm-hmm. Ho- I mean, I've got a sausage maker in there, homemade sausage and mash, and ham egg and chips. But just do it nicely. I've got a ham egg and chips going on one of the taster menus coming up. It's black albarico pluma, fermented pineapple macaroon, 
<laughs> cured egg yolk and crispy potatoes so it's wow. home egg chips pineapple and I'm using both sorts of the egg and it's just a bit of a wacky dish yeah that sounds um, great just brought one of them Conroe barbecues you know the Japanese barbecues oh yeah 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 um, so that'll be finishing on there <laughs> hopefully the fire alarm <laughs> <We'll have to laughs> yeah. cover the fire alarm <laughs> um, but no getting one of them so things are yeah, that'd be exciting. What's the aim to keep it kind of that kind of relaxed or to look for the no, no, the ab- Michelin star absolutely not. No, 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 I don't, don't want a Michelin star. Uh, Mosey's got his Michelin star. Uh, we're not here to take over, we just want to fit in and just what well, we're doing. There's it. plenty of room what? for what we're doing, yeah, 100%. I mean, we were saying maybe you said you were kind of looking towards Sully Hall and stuff like I mean it, there's there's room for somewhere like this in Sully Hall Sutton Coalfield well, that's Green. that's that's the <laughs> next that, that's like that's the next Sutton Coalfield's also on my radar yeah, because no, they're dying like they're dying for a little restaurant like this yeah. but I just want to get this to how we want it running well and that will take me being here for another year I would have thought and then we'll start looking I mean I'm always keep my ears Keep my eyes open, all ears open, whatever they say, because um, you never know what's going to come up. Would you do the same again, or would you do something different somewhere else? Uh, I'd probably go a touch bigger, not massively. Yeah. I'd like to go to like maybe 45, 50, like comfortably. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you could probably get 55, 60 if you want to squeeze, but I think 50 covers is kind of the, the limit I'd really ever want to do. Would you ever look at the city centre? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's also... I mean, <laughs> there's so many options. While we haven't got a house or we haven't got family or anything like that, is, I mean, do you look at London? Mm. Do, you, do, do you just go and do something like East Dulwich or something like that and just open one of these down there? I know, as you say, there's loads of them down there, but they're rammed every day. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I can't believe this is the only restaurant like this in Birmingham. I really can't. They're just... Uh, and and we're starting to get a good reputation for what we're doing. I'd probably keep the same, change the menu every month thing. Uh, I think people like that. Um, yeah. Keep it small, keep it fresh. Uh, it's like we said in our uh, review show, this is the kind of restaurant that you could keep coming back to. Yeah. Um, because you do change the menu every month and it's quite affordable. It's, uh, and it will stay like that. I know we're going to taste the menus on a Saturday but we're still going to give people the choice of what they're going to eat uh, it's still going to be affordable um, so what did you say the format was on that it's gonna so be it's going to be like a four course a six course and an eight course taster menu yeah. um, there's going to be a vegetarian taster menu separate there's going to be a meat and a fish starter a meat and a fish main and two desserts um, so f- four courses you basically you can choose which starter you want you can choose which main you want and you choose which dessert you want and you get the snacks as your fourth course which at the start of the dinner I've got some cool ideas for some I wouldn't say a moose bouches but like some some little pre-dinner snacks that's it that's it exactly it some some of them tapioca crackers and all that kind of jazz like Um, so yeah you get that Um, six courses you get both the starters you get both the desserts and you choose your main course Um, and then you get the snacks and then the eight courses uh, you get both starters, both mains, both desserts, snacks, and then I've got a little secret cheese course, uh, which mm. gets thrown in there as well. I know which, I know which I'll be secret. ordering. <laughs> um, not so much a secret, though. Well, no, not so much a secret, but uh, but yeah, no, we've got different things coming. Afternoon tea. Uh, we did one. Well, we're doing one. 
just before Mother's Day. Uh, it's actually become really popular, uh, so we might start doing them on a more regular occasion. Much as pastries, not really my. When I do like doing it every now and again when I've got time and when you're organised to get in the kitchen and do a bit of pastry is quite therapeutic I mm. find um, so I'm quite enjoying it at the moment doing a bit of pastry I was trying to see it as a bit of a chore yeah 100% I saw it as a chore until recently really and I've just employed a couple of chefs I've just got a college student and another chef and it's just took a bit of pressure off me I don't have to stand there peeling potatoes and washing up and I can actually do some cool things and good stuff. got some cool things coming up and yeah you, you spoke a little bit before as well off before we started about um, you have a beer coming up yeah so I'm uh, working with Birmingham Brewing Company over in Sturchley I'm trying to <laughs> put it out there here we go I'm trying to create a pina colada cocktail list <laughs> so there's going to be three different types of pina colada there's going to be a pina colada that's going to be topped up with champagne there's going to be a pina colada which nice. is uh, <laughs> the rum and all that jazz topped up with my pineapple beer that Birmingham Brewing Company have made us. And there's going to be one that's going to be made with pineapple soda. So, I'm just, yeah, just a bit of a fun thing for the summer, uh, just to see how it goes, and then I'm going to think of the next one and create the next beer. Uh, but it's just a bit interesting. The Pina Colada song on repeat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you like peanut colladas. <laughs> Drinks seem so important as well at all restaurants now. It used to just be wine or you'd have a beer. That would be about it. Now it's cocktails, it's different concoctions. I mean, 60 to 70% of the tables we serve have a cocktail, whether it's before or after. Yeah, we had a cocktail. Um, I, had the old fa- I love an old-fashioned. And the one yeah. here was one of the best I've had by a mile. Fair, I mean, Soph, Soph loves it. I mean, we're unfortunately we've just lost our cocktail guy. He's just come back to Australia. It was really good. Um, but we we actually do some cocktails with a girl called Katie Rouse, who's crushed and cubed. And yeah, she's a local girl. She's really good. Her and her partner Jacob, he's a, he works for Sip Smith as well. Um, but they're just creating a new cocktail menu, which is going from the first of April, which is wicked. Um, <clears throat> got some cool ones in there, but it's like some real classic one in there. A bit of blowtorching, a bit of smoking, a bit of. Nice. Bit of theatre. People love theatre. Yeah. Unfortunately, as well as with food, food's gone very much down the line. There's mediocre food now can be served as long as it looks decent. Yeah. People will eat it, which is disappointing, really. Nowadays, chefing's all about you, you, this and that, and, and that's why yeah. I kind of like to make sure people are fed. Like you get a decent amount when you come to Little Blackwood. Yeah, you um, do. you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, good portions. Good portions. It it may not be the best presented food, but it's the best quality food you can get in Birmingham, cooked with just passion. Yeah. And that's what chefing is all about. And nowadays, there's too much, especially these, especially these kids are watching far too much TV. <laughs> um, unfortunately, mm. I mean, I shared a post on Facebook about from Marcus Waring the other day and he was like we haven't got to worry about Brexit we've just got gen- dealing with the worst generation of chefs yeah, yeah watch far too much te- watch far too much TV can't cook a sauce can't cook a steak and if you give them more than 45 hours a week they're calling sick and lo and behold it's, it's what's happening in the industry at the moment yeah uh, it's the wrong industry being if you're not willing to if you want to go out on a Saturday night you don't want to work in this industry you choose no. between going out on a Saturday night until 4 o'clock in the morning or becoming a chef because you ain't going to do both I can tell you that for no. 100%. <laughs> even though the industry is improving like 
Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And more restaurants are going on your four-day route, your Sat-Bains's route, your, 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 which, is, which is, and I think until the hospitality industry changes, yeah. As soon as the hospitality industry changes, you'll start getting the chefs that actually really, really, really want to do it because they're going to be able to get go to Mother's Days, they're going to be able to go to weddings, birthdays, funerals, christenings. Yeah. You miss it all. You're going to be able to have Christmas with your family. I've had my first Christmas with my family since I was 15 this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's because I closed my restaurant. Well, we're kind of on that um, thing. I like to ask all the chefs that we interview um, if you could just give us some advice for any like young chefs just starting out or any, any, maybe they're not so young, just starting out. Anyone just starting out in the industry? What your best piece of advice would be? Obviously, let them work hard. <laughs> and don't go out on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> the Listen, write things down. Don't try and run before you can walk. Learn the basics of being in a kitchen. You may want to go straight to your jumping on your Paco Jets and your Thermo mixes and your sous vide and all that kind of stuff. Learn how to look after produce. Learn how to respect produce. And once you've got that, you'll then chefing will be, become a lot easier for you I've still got a kid in there now and he's an amazing chef but he, every now and again he'll throw a piece of something around do you know what I mean or just and he's just there's no he's heavy you can see his handprint on something and it's just like mm. respect the food puts a roof over your head at the end of the day and pays your wages learn to look after your fridges learn to write things down remember things and just enjoy it find somewhere that, where you work that you enjoy it that you don't wake up on a Friday after doing 12 hours on the Thursday or whatever you don't wake up on the Friday and think oh, I've got to go to work I do 15, 16, 17 sometimes I 17, 18 hours a day here but I'll never wake up in the morning and go oh, I've got to go to work I walk yeah. down from my house with a spring in my step come into the kitchen and it's like boom I'm in my little happy place and you've got to find somewhere where you like that or you'll start resenting the job because it is hard work, it's graft. And until you've grafted and done it, you're not going to get respected. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Luckily, more chefs are getting respected now. Ten years ago, chefs were dropouts that didn't go to school, didn't go to college, had criminal records, all that shit. If in doubt, blame the chef. That's how it used to be. Yeah. Uh, it's not like that anymore now. Um, so find somewhere that's nice and relaxed and does what you want to do and enjoy yourself, enjoy your job. The second part of that question I always ask is, uh, do you have any books that you've like that have helped you and you can recommend? Yeah, so as I was saying about Thomas Keller earlier, I've got the French Laundry Cookbook, which is probably one of my favourite. I've got, I went to Le Gavroche and he signed my cookbook for me. Uh, so that's kind of one of my yeah. one of my go-tos. David Chang, Momofuku, I've got his cookbook. And then, <sighs> still look at my practical cooking can't go wrong with a bit of practical cookery book yeah, I, I mean it's just, just the basics but yeah. basics of how to I mean making a creme pat the other day and you ask one of the chefs and he's going on a recipe on, and it's just like eggs corn flour that's all you need to do do you know what I mean there's recipes of 22 ingredients and all this kind of jazz just like well get that book and open it yeah. Um, so yeah I mean cookbook I mean it's all internet isn't it nowadays unfortunately it's uh, yeah. you should look at your mum's cookbooks your old Delia Smith and Gary Rhodes and all that kind of jazz they, yeah. I mean they're still pulled out every now and again seasonality books and all that kind of stuff I've really gotten into my foraging I'd like to really get into my foraging it's something that I'd really like to uh, get involved in it's kind of uh, 
I actually go to Mosey Park and pick up my wild garlic. I was about to say, there's a somebody, somebody does a foraging class, I think. For yeah, 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 there is a foraging. I think it's part of the Mosey Exchange or something like that. Yeah, but um, yeah. I've actually asked to be designed the menu for the Mosey Festival. So Little Black was going to kind oh, of nice. uh, do something with the Mosey Exchange for the Mosey Festival in I think it's the first week's first weekend of July. Yeah, the um, Jazz Festival is it? No, not the Jazz or the Folk. They actually have a Mosey Festival. It's just I'm not really 100 percent sure what I've, what I'm, what we're doing yet. But um, <clears throat> I want as many people of Mosley to, from the allotments and from to donate things, and I'm going to create a menu with all that stuff from Mosley. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I can create a taste menu for the weekend of stuff, uh, all from like the allotments or like the wild garlic from the far uh, from the park, or someone's got chickens up there. They're going to supply some eggs. I'm going to do a Lord of the Rings afternoon tea, I think, as well. Because <laughs> uh, obviously he was from, he used to, he studied around here. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do Lord of the Rings afternoon tea, uh, gold rings and all that kind of jazz. So that'll be fun. That's the first week of July. That'll be to look forward to. Definitely be up for that. <laughs> well, that'd be really interesting. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the cookbook I've got at home. I've got one, like a classic French cookbook. It's um, French provincial cooking, you know, Elizabeth David's book. Yeah, I have got one. Can I actually go and get it? Yeah, I can't, yeah, actually, I can't actually pronounce it. It's, <laughs> it's really embarrassing. It's the Bible. That really? You almost need to translate it yeah, as well. No, it's, but it's, it's like just every single sauce and every single, just everything. Everything just you think of. Incredi- look, all the stuff in it is incredibly simple. That's what it needs to be now. That's what it needs to be now. I mean, I saw, was it one of you posted the, I've just brought the same book, The Noma Guys Fermentation. Yeah, I'll put that Yeah, you've there. got it in. Awesome, yeah. really cool book. I've, just, I mean, I've got all sorts of fermenting in the kitchen at the moment. But that's just amazing. That's just something I refer to quite, quite regularly. Yeah, I used to when um, when I used to work in town, I used to go into Waterstones and just take that off the shelf just to read because I, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't afford to buy it. I think it's about, <laughs> I think it's about seventy quid, sixty yeah, quid, yeah. something like that. Especially dear then that was years um, ago before. But no, something. You, I mean, something you look forward to. And we've got some. Really, we've got a really good client base. We're in with quite a good crowd. Um, and every now and again, we'll sit down and have a beer and we'll go through cookbooks. And I'll, I'll open them like a week later, and there's been like post-its of so and so wants this, and stick it on the menu. And <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah, I've got an obsession with cookbooks. I tend to just. So I'd to be honest, I don't even cook out of half of them. I just read them. Yeah, I like them. I just read. I think they're interesting. But the fact that cookbooks, that's quite cool. Um, I've actually got that as a coffee table book, so it's like bigger. Um, which is nice but you know I'm, as I say internet I get a lot of inspiration from I mean just finding ingredients and just seeing how not wacky but how many things or ways you can put them together or yeah. does that work with that and being so small and working for yourself you can get a little bit of chicken in or you can buy yeah. a pigeon or you can get a couple of guinea fowl in just run it on a special for a Wednesday and a Thursday see how it works uh, and then go from there really and that's kind of what we do really yeah there's a cookbook I'm desperate for at the moment. It's Punto MX in Madrid, okay, the Michigan yeah. star. I've been there and it was one of the best experiences. Because you're not I've ever had. It literally was released. I left and then two weeks later on their Instagram, our book is now released. And I was like, oh, oh you've got to no. be joking. And you can't order it here. Well, I've looked on every side. Well, you, you can't. Really you've got to go back there, and I've got to go back and get it if I want it. It's <laughs> a good excuse to get it. It's a good excuse to get it. <laughs> That's a good excuse to go back. Oh, no. Whereabout on your limited days off? I know you don't get much time off. But, um, where'd you like to eat? Is anywhere like you like to go? You obviously. Uh, recently, we went to Harborn Kitchen. Oh, it's nice. high on the list, isn't that it? Was nice. It's probably the top of the list at the moment. Um, it's the next place. That was good. Aerofolian, I think. 
Uh, yeah, I'd like to go to Folium. I went to Nocturnal Animals as well. To be honest, I still enjoy cooking at home. Yeah. And you can get a decent kebab up the road as well. So quite like a little, little, <laughs> yeah. little treat of a kebab yeah. every now and again on a Monday or a Tuesday doesn't go down and miss. But no, we still enjoy cooking at home. Asia Asia Food Hall. We go Chung Ying for brunch. Go and have the dim sum brunch at Chung Ying. Mm. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Sunday, we always try and get out on time to get to do with Dining Club. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. They're it? massive supporters of us. So we not only we go out and support them, but like it's just such a cool place. Yeah, um, it's just the vibes wicked. The people are amazing. I mean, you talked about it in the podcast that you mentioned us. It was brought up a few times. It's just, I mean, we went down there the other day. We had a burger from Buddha Belly. We had a kebab from Kebab Cartel. Uh, then we had a pancake. We had a Cubanos. It's just like. You end up eating so much when you're incredible, isn't it? And then you've got only jerk in there all the time. So like, do you go to only jerk and they're there all the time? I can go on a Thursday and go and get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I really struggle to not go there. I know, yeah, that gravy, that spice gravy. I know, yeah, I'd love to know that. I think we have actually spoke about Dick Buffdine on every single episode. I think he gets brought up every time. The same as Covered Wagon, that gets brought up on. Well, that we nearly went there last night. I'm a bit pissed off. We didn't actually went to Pecan. For Curry last night, yeah, and um, we, we should have gone to the covered wagon. Cause I, covered, I cannot praise it high enough. Really, since it's it like a Desi, Desi pub. Yeah, yeah Desi. it's absolutely fantastic. If you want a good beer, I sound like I work there, or like I get yeah, a yeah, commission. <laughs> I say that every episode I say it, it sounds like I get something from it, but I I'd literally all the fancy places I go. That's the one I go. It's not fancy, obviously, but I go back there more than I go anywhere. Yeah, fair play. It's just like we tend to go. Once we record a podcast, we gen- we'd say it on the podcast, we genuinely do go there straight after filming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did, was there any cars you wanted to speak about, um, Ben? Or? Uh, not really. All good? Yeah, sounds. I'm happy? Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot, Ben. That was brilliant. No worries. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. Well, that's that. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. This really does help us. Yeah, it really does. Even if you could just help by recommending us to a friend or a family member, helps to get our name out there. If you haven't yet seen our blog, go check it out. It's where you can find all our show notes, restaurant reviews and other food ramblings. The website is www.breakingbreadpodcastuk.blog Also, go check out our social media. Our Insta is full of pics of food. Also, feel free to leave comments. We love hearing from you. All the links to our social media and our guest social media can be found in our show notes. Thanks Thanks again for listening. listening. Until Until next time, take care. care.